Two workers on a hotel building working near Disney World die after a scaffolding collapse. Also, the emotional eulogy by Joe Biden at Senator John McCain's Arizona funeral. Plus, YouTuber McSkillet kills two people in San Diego during a wrong way crash incident. Those are three very tragic stories from this week, but they weren't quite top 10 material for this week. Plenty of more enlightening stories, more heartbreaking stories, and some pretty light stories for the top 10 this week. So let's see what actually made it into the top 10 for this week from This is the Conversations Weekly Wrap-Up Show. This is for the week ending September the 1st, 2018. Welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cliffin Payne, the host of the show and the man behind a lot of the mechanisms that is thisisconversation.com. Now, what is that website? Well, that website is the home for this project, which spreads out on social media. It allows you to have conversations about the things you really care about. We don't get stuck on the news stories that are stuck in the chirons all day long, although a lot of them are very important. A lot of them are very repetitive and, as we say, stuck all day long. We put out all sorts of stories from all sorts of sources, pretty much all real news, a fake one here or there maybe, that you want to talk about. We get them from everywhere around the world, and you tell us which ones are important because you literally talk about them with us on social media. You follow us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation and on Twitter at TH underscore conversation, and you like, love, share, hate, and comment on the comments And that's how we know which ones are the biggest. And the biggest ones pop up in this countdown every week for the weekly wrap-up show. Now, this week was a pretty big one. We're getting back into the swing of things, and we're feeling really good about things. 123 specific different stories posted this week. And so we're glad to present them to you. Coming up, the top 10, Casey Kasem style, counting them down from 10 to 1. So you know exactly which ones were on top of mind this week. And this week, there was a lot of weirdness to be on top of mind. A lot of sadness as well. But... A lot of weirdness to be on top of mind. Let's go ahead and get into the countdown right now, starting off with the 10 story. The 10 story is actually a holdover headline from last week. Last week, we had a super story with Hurricane Lane, which had two headlines from earlier in the week and later. This one was the one we posted on Friday. Hurricane Lane brings torrential rain to Hawaii's big island. Of course, they're still dealing with plenty of water there in Hawaii with Hurricane Lane. And of course, so that means things aren't always out of the clear. They still have that volcano that's still active and they have other issues as well. But for the moment, they're out of the eye of this particular storm as they got about 19 inches of rain instantly from the surge from the hurricane, which didn't even touch the island. Basically, it didn't even come close to grazing the islands for the most part. It did a nice little left turn as it approached the islands and went to the sea to bother some other island group i guess moving on quickly to number nine story for this week man has arm amputated after sushi dish leads to flesh rotting ulcers yes that's a headline and that really happened we posted it on wednesday the 29th of august this week this one gets a bumper response of 3.13 percent in the story response from the number 10 story now let me give you a couple lines from the story because it's really really deep Really, really nasty, actually. So here's a bit from the Newsweek article. A 71-year-old man had his hand amputated when almost two-inch wide blister developed on his hand after he ate sushi. The unnamed man visited an emergency department in South Korea after suffering from a fever for two days and being hit with excruciating pain, that's in quotes, in his left hand. 
Just hours before the pains began, he had eaten raw seafood, according to a case report in the New England Journal of Medicine. When doctors examined the man, they found he had a deep purple blister measuring 3.5 by 4.5 centimeters, which is 1.4 by 1.8 inches, spanning his left hand. Now, here's going deeper into this without going deeper into the story. Essentially, the sushi, the fish that he ate from the sushi was in, uh, contaminated by bacteria found in seawater. And basically, it was cholera. So he essentially got cholera in his hand, infected so bad so quickly uh, that a day after he basically had to get cut off. It was uh, pretty excruciating. You can probably you probably have seen the pictures online. In fact, it's probably why this pulled up so many responses from you people out there. A quick response from a Wednesday story that got so much pull. Another story from last Friday lasts all week long for the top 10, not only the 8 spot. It is Elon Musk and the headline, Musk says investors convinced him Tesla should stay public. Bump in response of 4.85% from the number 9 story. A few lines from the article we posted this in, which was the AP. Electric car and solar panel maker Tesla Incorporated remain on the public stock exchange after CEO Elon Musk said Friday that investors had convinced him the company shouldn't go private. The eccentric and sometimes erratic CEO wrote in a late-night statement that he made the decision based on the feedback from shareholders, including institutional investors, who said they had internal rules limiting how much they can sink into a private company. So basically he said the people who wanted to put money into the company said if you keep it public, they can keep making more money, even though the company technically doesn't make any actual money, at least profits. The profits from the stocks pretty good. The profits from the cars and the solar panels, not not very good, to be actually honest. Now, if you are listening to the radio all week long, you've started to hear many of the uh, aimless chaser commercials. One I heard this morning was about the Tesla stock, because when Tesla and Elon Musk said, we're going public, I've got funding, we'll do this, the stock did a dive until the shareholders convinced him otherwise. So people who traded on those days may be in for a class action lawsuit for getting some money back because words matter. We should tell that to Donald Trump, but he apparently doesn't care. Transitioning to actual Donald Trump and words not really mattering, here is the story we have this week listed in the number seven spot. It was posted on Thursday, August the 30th. It headline reads, it headline reads, the words do matter when I speak. The headline reads, Trump eliminates pay raises for civilian federal employees. Yes, that's the headline. 7.51% bump in response from the eight story. A few lines from the story we pulled this from, at least the one we posted in our thing from Axios. In a letter sent to the House Speaker Paul Ryan on Thursday, President Trump announced that a majority of civilian federal employees will not receive any pay raises next year, undoing the original 1.2% pay increase that they were set to take effect in 2019. There you go. Now, we did get a big bump in a pay raise, about 2.6% or so for military families. That's going to keep going on. While military are, quote-unquote, federal employees, these aren't people being affected. This is essentially the entire civilian population that we're expecting a pay raise as well that was already negotiated years ago. It's just not going to happen. Why? Trump says we can't afford it. There you go. Moving on to the next story of the day in the sixth spot, HBO quietly says goodbye to adult entertainment. Oh, you didn't know? 
Well, now it's about gone. Tuesday, August 28th, the day we posted this one, bump in response from the seven story, only 0.54%. A few lines from the story we posted from IGN. Premium cable network HBO has removed all of its erotic adult movies and television series from its vast entertainment library. According to a report from the LA Times, HBO decided to remove its late night programming after it became part of AT&T's family pack in June. That means long-running series like Real Sex and Taxi Cab Confessions will no longer air on any of HBO's channels or streaming services. An HBO representative informed the LA Times that decision was made due to the declining viewership of the premium network's late-night offerings. So they have an actual explanation. People are watching less really dirty stuff late at night on HBO, not because the AT&T folks need to be more family-friendly for the shareholders. You can take that as you want to. A very big story wrapping out the weekend was the mass shooting at the gaming tournament in Jacksonville. The headline we have for that story listed in the five spot, mass shooting occurs at Jacksonville video game tournament. Now, the link we have is from Axios, which doesn't provide a lot into the initial link there. So we'll get to that in a second. But it was posted on Sunday, August 26th, basically as it happened. Bump a response from the sixth story of 4.28%. Let's read you what Axios had at the time for the posting. Two people are dead after a mass shooting, plus the shooter, believed to be a 24-year-old Baltimore man, at a Madden video game tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, Sunday afternoon, per the AP. Nine others were shot and two others were injured fleeing the shooting, according to the AP report. Officials are still waiting to confirm the shooter's identity, adding that there's no one, no outstanding suspects, and they have confirmed his identity. As I said, Axios uh, has really short blurbs when they put things out in the interim, and they often link to the reports they have, the links they have here go to the Twitter feeds that said what was going on. So I don't have the full details directly here. And we're also trying to keep this shorter. So we're going to do that as well. But we had plenty of talk about the whole weekend of the video game tournament and the shooting and mass shootings in general, which is, of course, a general topic that we don't really want to get into right now. But eventually we're being forced to deal with it more and more every single day. Another tragic story that we won't say has a happy ending, but we do say has a ending, and justice is, of course, in the eyes of the beholder as it goes here. The headline for number four, ex-Texas police, ex-Texas police officer Roy Oliver found guilty of murder and shooting death of teen. Tuesday, August 28th was the day we posted it. 18.46% jump in response from the five story. Let's get you a few lines from the posting we have on NBC News. A former Texas police officer was found guilty of murder on Tuesday for shooting into a car carrying a group of teenagers, killing a 15-year-old boy. Roy Oliver, who was white, was found guilty in the death of high school freshman Jordan Edwards, who was black. The teen was in the passenger seat of a car, leaving a house party when the officer opened fire in April 2017. Oliver was found not guilty on two aggravated assault charges. Jordan's father, Odell Edwards, said after that he wanted to jump up and down. That was a quote when he heard the verdict, and he was, quote, thankful. Another quote from him, I am happy, very happy. It's been a long time, hard year, he said. As I said, justice is what you see as it, so we'll say that justice is served. The severity of it is all debatable, of course, but we were not going to say this is a happy ending, but this is a just ending to this saga. We're not even going to read any of the story from the number three story this week. We're going to give you the headline, of course, because that's what we do, but... Here it is. 
Starbucks pumpkin spice latte returns Tuesday. Posted on Monday, of course, August 27th. Bumper response from the four-story, 8.66%. This was from USA Today, at least the posting here. We actually posted this months ago when they announced it coming back. But pumpkin spice lattes, of course, came back to Starbucks this week. And fall hasn't started yet. And football technically hadn't started yet. And just the whole thing is weird because it's still like 90 degrees outside. In the, but pumpkin spice lattes are here. So if you love them, hallelujah. If you don't, deal with it. Number two story for this week, 63-year-old Jermaine Jackson announces plans to marry a 23-year-old girlfriend. That is a headline that actually is happening, apparently. This was the number one story on the Facebook this week, the greatest response on Facebook. It gets a bump response from the three-story, the pumpkin spice craziness of 173%. It's that much more crazy than pumpkin spice coming back in the middle of August. Let me give you a few lines from this one because while it is hard to believe, it apparently is really happening. And if you see the picture that we posted from the TV One story, you can see his girlfriend doesn't actually look all that thrilled. Here we go. According to Radar Online, Jermaine Jackson is planning to marry his 23-year-old girlfriend, Madea Velasquez. And yes, that's a 40-year age difference. The Dutch newspaper, The Telegraph, was the first to report the news. But apparently, while overseas touring for the 50th anniversary of the Jackson 5, Jermaine dropped a jaw-dropping news, or the jaw-dropping news. The quote, we are going to get married soon, unquote. There you go. You feel free to say what you want to say, do what you want to do, and to judge. I won't say that we don't judge around here because we judge a lot around here. So I'm going to let you do your own judging. Just imagine the judging that I'm doing in my mind right now on this story. Okay, done judging. Moving on to the number one story for this week, and this week was a large one. And this one was the highest response on Twitter for the week. It gets a bump in response from the number two story. That's Jermaine Jackson getting married to a 23-year-old. He's 63, but I'm not judging. Uh, bump in response from the two story, uh, 66.18%. Bump in response from the 10 story this week, which was Hurricane Lane's holdover, of 612%. And from the almost irrelevant story this week, which was number 123 in the total listing, 8,669%. Here is the headline. WWE superfan Izzy hit with chokeslam at Florida Independent Show. This posted on Monday, August 27th, and this was a big one, probably because it was posted uh, while Monday Night Raw and wrestling was going on, so it was a big deal inside the Twitterverse on that one. I'll give you a few lines from the story so you can get some more context if you're not a WWE fan or know who we're talking about. If you're on the internet at all today, you'll probably run across a clip of preteen WWE superfan Izzy getting hit with a chokeslam at a Florida independent show. It's the kind of thing that makes you question why you're a wrestling fan. I mentioned this in my Raw reviews from time to time, but for those of you who don't know, I spend a majority of my time working as a music teacher. It's fun and all, but as we come down to stretch the dog days of summer, I try to milk as much time out of my summer routine as I can. And that routine has me waking up and checking the latest and greatest headlines from both WWE and greater wrestling world. So imagine my surprise when I woke up and, fi and fired R Squared Circle, that's a Reddit group, and saw a thread titled, Apparently Bailey's 12-year-old superfan Izzy took a chokeslam today at an indie show. So here are the details in this. 
there's a fan who was really inspired by the Bailey persona, character, person, wrestler in WWE. She is a bubbly, bright, very tall and uh, attractive and, of course, I'll say burly, but uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty extensively athletic uh, brunette who uh, has a theme of being a hugger. She likes to hug. She's very nice and kind and gets a little guff from some of her friends because she's a hugger. And ba- and Izzy is a super fan of Bailey's who likes to go dressed as Bailey a lot doing the hugging thing. She's either 12 or, th- or 11 or 12. Not sure exactly how old she is, but apparently she got in the ring in an independent show. Sometimes that happens when they let a lot of uh, super fans in there. And inside of the ring, inside of the thing going on, she got hit but a, by a real, actual, live choke slam, an actual move. Now, there are rules, and there are a lot of really strict rules for people getting in the ring and people competing. You have to be 18 or 19 to try out for these things because people get hurt when this happens. Uh, you may remember the wrestler Draws if you're a wrestling fan, a guy who was a very popular person in the WWE, uh, mid-carter at the time, and got essentially dropped on his head and paralyzed. There have been plenty of cases of the guys that you know and love have had dealings with people who botched their their shots and ended up almost killing them in the process. We had a thing the other day about the uh, first person took the choke slam or took the tombstone power driver from the Undertaker. I believe it was Coco Beware. He was the first person to ever take that move on in WWE on TV in a pay per view, and he said the Undertaker dropped him wrong and almost busted him open, almost broke his neck in the process. So we know how dangerous this things is, and to drop these things on twelve year olds is not a good thing. So whatever stupid idiot wrestler did this is a stupid idiot wrestler, and is this is not a good thing. So hopefully Izzy, well, she's doing fine. She's no, no permanent damage from this. She recovered. She's doing okay. There's no other residual stories on this story. But we know that getting a bit exuberant, getting a bit crazy can happen. We don't want to blame this on Izzy for being a big fan. We do want to blame it on the idiot who chokeslammed a 12-year-old in the ring for effect. And that, my friends, and you are my friends, are the stories that reached from 10 to 1, the top 10 stories for this week, ending on the 1st of September 2018, as told to us by you, your response, your votes, if you will, by attaching your thumbs, maybe full fingers if you're on a desktop, to your responses on social media. You either liked, loved, shared, commented, or hated, or some combination of this batch. Our stories, as we post them on social media, on either Facebook, when you follow This is a Conversation, and Twitter, at TH underscore conversation. That's all you have to do. Follow us on the Facebook and the Twitter, and you'll get a chance to get your responses, to throw your name in the hat, if you will, for your votes to see which stories are the tops. And getting 123 this week after being on a very, very long dry spell hiatus is amazing. Thank you so much for all the great response, all the great comments, all the great tweeting, 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 tweeting and twatting and twatting and twatting, tweeting and responding and Facebooking on these stories. A quick break for sponsors and promotions. Then we'll come back with some housekeeping, some shout outs, and we'll tell you about those stories that we teased in the top 15. And of course, the almost relevant story of the week. That's story number 123 this week in just a bit from the weekly wrap up show from This Is The Conversation.
I'm extremely biased to the Bear Mattress, mostly because they are a sponsor to the weekly wrap-up show, so that gives it a little edge in my taste. But I'm also really, really sick of mattress ads all over the place. Now, everyone needs a mattress. A mattress is a vital part of your home interior because where you're going to sleep. So the fact that there are so many different mattresses to choose from, so many different gimmicks, so many different weird things and all just just it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. And when you can go to the, the mattress store, which is usually next to a mattress store, which is across the street from mattress store, which is down the street from 12 other mattress stores, it gets really, really crazy. But I ask you, if you're looking for a new mattress, before you go down for a month's worth of wandering through mattress stores and before you go clicking on that thing that happened on the TV the other day, check out Bear Mattress. And check them out pretty quickly because they have a Labor Day sale going on. You can get $200 off their hybrid mattress or just $100 off their regular Bear Mattress. Now, you can go deeper into how the mattresses work by going to our website. This is theconversation.com slash Bear Mattress, B-E-A-R, Mattress. And you can go to a special link that will give you these great deals and you can find out all the information that you need to. Now, I say rush because it's Labor Day sale and Labor Day is coming up this weekend as we're recording this. But the sale will probably last a little bit longer. So don't be in that big a rush. Take your time and study your mattresses. If the bare mattress is the right one for you, follow the link and it'll help us out here at the, the studio for this a lot. If it's not the mattress for you, well, we're still friends. We're not going to break up over a mattress. But I implore you, check out Bear Mattress. They're probably just as good, if not just a tad bit better, in what they're offering. And they have a great deal coming up right now. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash Bear Mattress for the details on getting yourself a Bear Mattress. And getting yourself a great deal. Get yourself up to $200 off a Bear Mattress coming up for this Labor Day weekend. I'm Dan. I'm Kenton. And we are the hosts of the Media Nerds Podcast, a weekly look at all things media. Hey, Trotsky, you're in advertising. Be it radio, TV. Online. Movies. Yeah. Netflix. All media. I'm as bad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. We love the media. And if you love the media, we love you. Yes, and you should listen to our podcast because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, what the hell? Listen. And it's just the media. Media Nerds Podcast every week at MediaNerdsPodcast.com, iTunes, Google Play. What do you have? To lose. By the way, it's Pottern. I always ask you that. Pottern family, yeah. P O T T P O D E R. Pottern, Pottern. modern family. Oh, okay. Getting into segment number two, the final segment, the wrap-up segment now, and we're going to start it off with the shout-outs. Facebook shout-outs first. Richie Satin kicking in again this week. Also, Gail Barnett and Kate Barnett. I'm going to assume they are siblings. Uh, Mark Benny Lanier, Amanda Chastain, Stephanie Sunshine Williams also jumping in this week. Also, special thanks to two newcomers, two new two subscribers to the actual Facebook page that are my good friends, Lainika Aaron and Rebecca Davis, thank you so much for that. Some Twitter love going out as well, real quick, to uh, Sandy Berners, also Memphis Dealfinder, 
finding those deals. Famous Birthdays tweeting out when we do Famous Birthdays. Dwayne Wyatt also in this week. And my good friend, AARP Goddess, who is loving her Mets, loving her baseball. And apparently she's ready for some football as well. Now, let's get into the housekeeping uh, for, I guess, the third week we've done this consecutively. And the second week we've done this more or less full steam. You seem to like it. You seem to enjoy it. We got a lot of response from people who were missing it. And what happens a lot of times when things uh, pot fade, when shows go away and disappear, people just kind of assume they're gone or don't know what's going on. We popped up in your feed. You listened. You sent me responses. And I thank you so much for that. In fact, it helped in getting more stories this week because I saw more responses in real time as people were engaged with the podcast last week. So they seemed more engaged with what was going on in the feeds. Thank you so much for that. Let's try to keep it up. We're not looking for exponential growth every week. We just want, you know, 1%, 2% growth on the normal basis, keeping it consistent, keeping it real on this end. Let's talk about our almost irrelevant story of the week. This was story number 123. I'm not going to go read the, I'm not going to go do and read these today. I'm just going to give you the headlines, give you basic details on it. Second Fox News reporter leaves network this month. Another Fox News reporter left the network, apparently saying in private they're not happy with the direction of things that are going on there. Although in public, he said things were fine. He's just moving on to do more stuff with his family. Literally, the the reporter, whose name I should know right now, is actually married to um, a famous person who living in Los Angeles who just had a set of twins, I think. And so he actually wants to go and live with his family in Los Angeles because he's based out of San Diego for his actual work. So right now his plans are to go deal with the family, which with babies needs a lot of dealing with, and he'll find more work later. Headlines for the stories that didn't quite make the cut this week, starting off at number 11. Two workers building hotel near Walt Disney World die after scaffolding collapsed. That was a very sad story that we posted on Wednesday, where some workers trying to work on a new hotel near Walt Disney died from the accident. Of course, this week we had the loss, or actually last weekend, the loss of Senator John McCain. All of the accolades and all the responses going out today, he had a viewing in the Arizona Capitol. He had a funeral, or his words, yesterday as we record this in Arizona. He is currently lying in state in Washington, D.C. He'll have a ceremony for for D.C. either today or tomorrow, laid to rest on Saturday, I believe is the date things are going to happen. Um, He was given a great emotional eulogy by his friend, his colleague, and sometimes combatant Joe Biden in Arizona. He'll be given a eulogy by former presidents George Bush and former President Barack Obama today or tomorrow when they have his next ceremony here in D.C., not here or or in D.C. Of course, as you know, Donald Trump not invited to anything that's happened. And Trump finally coming out and speaking on how he's handled this saying he's done exactly what the family has asked him to do, which is not very much, but that's it. Uh, He said he didn't botch the flag-lowering thing. It just sort of slipped his mind, essentially, and that while they did disagree, he did respect his service. He's finally said that about a week after he's died. Moving on. Number 13, YouTuber McSkillet kills two people in a San Diego wrong way crash. Now, this gets really, really deep, and you should look this up if it becomes something that you're into. But a lot of people are stepping up to the families in this, including The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, of course, did something very special for uh, the families of the people who died in that crash. But a lot of just craziness going on in that whole story. Uh 
ex-Trump World Tower doorman releases catch-and-kill contract about alleged Trump and affair. Now, pardon me for butchering that up, but part of the craziness that is Donald Trump is there was a doorman who claimed Donald Trump had an affair with someone who lived in the apartment building that he managed, and that affair produced a love child, and he had the details. We know this because of all the details with the other things going on, but apparently he that was basically all he could say because there was some sort of contract that kept him from speaking on it. He has now been released from that contract, and catch and kill is something you'll probably hear a lot about in dealings with the people knowing things about Donald Trump because it was a very, not so sophisticated, but a very well-used technique done by the National Enquirer particularly, but also for news outlets kind of in general where they will catch a story and kill it. They will pay someone for the story and then never run it. They'll get exclusivity so they can't talk about it to anyone else, and then if they don't run the story, no one ever sees it. That's how a story is caught and killed. And Liberty Island and Statue of Liberty were evacuated after an apparent construction mishap sparked a fire in propane tanks. That happened last Monday or Monday of this week, August 27th. And that was a very quick deal. But, of course, a lot of people in those such cases get into a panic as they should. So everyone was evacuated easily, quickly. Things were put back to normal and life goes on at Liberty Island. Life will go on for us as well, as I thank you once again profusely for joining me for the weekly wrap-up show from This Is Conversation. Make sure you share this show with a friend, with some enemies and random strangers, so we have more great people joining us for conversations. And share with them how to get in on the conversation as well. Make sure they're following us on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, This Is Conversation. Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Also, Instagram. Find us there as well as we're posting the top five stories of the day there every single day. So check it out there as well. Check us out on the website, thisistheconversation.com, and check me out at my main website, jclevenpain.net. Otherwise, check out the stories in the news, whether you watch them on the major outlets, independent outlets, or get them through our feeds here. Keep an eye on what's going on and let me know what you are really talking about so we can make sure that those conversations are making it into here, the weekly wrap-up show from thisisconversation.com. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll do this all again next week, counting down from 10 to 1, the top 10 stories that you decide, not the mainstream media, not the president. You tell me what you want to talk about from This is a Conversation.